Church, it's great to have you with us and today is a great day because we are starting a brand new series called The Kingdom. The word kingdom or basilia in the Greek, it's used 160 times in the New Testament and 126 of those are found within the Gospels. You know, it's arguably the subject that Jesus spoke of more than anything else. In fact, if you read through the Jesus story, you'll see that the continual theme of his message is all about the kingdom. What's it like? Who's it for? How to become part of it? How to live in it? And, and you know, there's some well-known verses of scripture that refer to and talk about the kingdom. Jesus encourages us, doesn't he, to seek first the kingdom of God. And then when he's teaching his disciples how to pray, he says, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, you know, if we're to seek first the kingdom, if we're to pray God's kingdom to come and invade earth, then I thought it would be great to just spend some time unpacking what the kingdom of God is. So we're going to go on this journey for the next few weeks and I hope it's uh, enlightening and inspiring and encouraging to you as we go on this journey together. So the basic meaning of, of kingdom is rule or reign. It's not referring to a realm or the people. It's referring to the rule and the reign. And so we know that God's purpose is to save a people for himself and to renew the world for his people. So references to the kingdom of heaven, it's not referring to clouds and, and pearly gates and golden palaces. It's speaking of God's kingly rule. You know, it, it implies a, a saving, redeeming activity on behalf of his people. And so that's why the, the, the coming kingdom that's talked about in the New Testament is referred to as good news. You see, Jesus was coming. He, he came to save the world, to usher in the kingdom of God, his rule, his reign over this earth. So when Jesus taught to seek first the kingdom. He's, he's encouraging us to, to hand over the reign and the rule of our lives to God, to let him rule in, in everything we do, in every aspect of our lives. Seek first the kingdom. Let him take charge. Hand over the driver's seat, if you like, to him. And when he told his disciples to pray, your kingdom come, that's a declaration, a plea for God to come and reign right here in our world today. That We don't want to wait until he returns again, but that his rule and reign will spread across our country and beyond right now. You know, it means that we long to see our family, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbours open their hearts to Jesus to invite him into their lives and receive this gift of his grace and his salvation. You know, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus uses the uh, seven parables. 
the perfect number, the number of completion. Seven parables to describe the kingdom of heaven. You know, he says the kingdom of heaven is like a man sowing seed in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's like yeast in flour. It's like a man who sells everything he has to buy a field in which he found some treasure or someone who sold everything in order to buy a, a precious pearl. It's like a net gathering all kinds of fish and it's like a, a master hiring laborers for his vineyard. And it's not easy from those, you know, headline descriptions to get an understanding of, of what it is that he's saying when he teaches and preaches these parables. So I encourage you over this next week or so to, to go into them and to read them and, and, and try and get an understanding. Six of them, just for reference, are found in Matthew 13 and then one is found in Matthew 20. So head there and read them. And don't just read them, study them, grab hold of a, a commentary and really dig into the depth of the meaning that is within these parables. You see, the disciples asked Jesus, why do you speak in parables? Because, you know, they, like many people, found it wasn't always to interpret what it was that Jesus was saying through these stories. So it's important that we study, that we really try to wrestle with the scriptures in that sense to understand what's being said to us. One theologian puts it like this, parables conceal truth from those who are too lazy to think or are too biased by prejudice to see. What it does is it puts the responsibility totally on the individual. It reveals truth to him who desires truth and it conceals truth to him who doesn't wish to see truth. So it's really important that we take the time with all scripture, but I'm encouraging you right now in these parables around the kingdom of heaven that we really try to wrestle and understand what Jesus is meaning through these stories. But for today, what I want to do is just dig into two of them. So why don't you turn with me, if you will, and we're going to read from Matthew 13, uh, starting at verse 31. <clears throat> it says this, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds in the air come and make nests in its branches. And then he told them another parable, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. So just two short parables about what, what the kingdom of heaven is. So for the time that I've got left today, I wanna to speak to you under the title of Small Beginnings small beginnings. You know, I remember shortly after I became a Christian as a, as a young teenager, I went out and I bought a book by Mike Pilavachi on evangelism. You see, I was young in my faith. I had passion, as one of uh, uh, my pastors told me. I had fire in my belly. I just had this passion for Jesus. I wanted to equip myself to share the good news of Jesus to, to people around me. 
And then here we are over 20 years on and, and I can probably count on one hand the number of people that I've personally helped bring to Jesus that I know of. And I think often as believers, we're looking for this dramatic event and, and maybe we get discouraged or, or beat ourselves up, you know, when things don't quite go to plan, when things don't work out quite as we expected them to. So if you're hearing this message right now and, and you can relate to that feeling of possibly uh, doubting the impact that you have on the kingdom or, or questioning your value to God, then I believe that these two parables can bring you some encouragement. So lean in today, I encourage you, as we delve into these parables. You see, our God is a God of small beginnings. He's a God of small beginnings. Take Jesus, for example, you know, God came down to earth in human form, not born into an exuberant palace, but in a, a small village called Bethlehem, in a humble stable, Quite small start, isn't it, for the King of Kings and, and the Lord of Lords. We touched on this a little bit in Life Group this week. And then his ministry was, was no different. Galilee was this kind of backwater section of this obscure part of the Roman world. And, and Jesus ventured you know, no further than Jerusalem with his message. And even then, only a few times. And so you might say, well, well, thousands were impacted by the ministry and the life of Jesus. Well, of course they were. We can see that as we read through the, the Gospels. But at the end of his life, at the end of his life, just over a hundred disciples remained. And then the church grew from there. But in terms of like the global population, it's a very, very small beginning. But still, the, the kingdom seed was being sown throughout his life and it, it continues to permeate and to, to multiply across the world even today. Small beginnings. Small beginnings. You know, it says in, in Zechariah chapter 4, as, as encouragement, as, as, the, the, as the began, they began to build the, rebuild the temple, there's this encouragement and it says, do not despise the small beginnings. Do not despise the small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He rejoices to see the work begin. I love that. You know, we may ask ourselves, well, how can I have an impact on the kingdom of God? How can little old me do anything to bring about change in this I don't know, in this small town of Lytham, or how can I advance the kingdom of heaven in a way that actually matters, in a way that makes a difference? You know, we doubt our importance, we, we dismiss our influence, we question our value. At least I do, I, I hope maybe you can relate today. And God said, well, Morgan Freeman, as God said, you want to, you want to, know how to change the world one act of random kindness at a time go watch evan almighty it's a it's a brilliant film so so let's look at these two parables and and draw from them some encouragement and help use them to build our faith to believe that little old me and and you can actually add value and bring increase and make positive change to our world 
So the first says that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's like a mustard seed. Now, the mustard seed isn't actually the smallest of all seeds, but it's pretty tiny. And, and in, in reality, it was like one of those phrases that, that the Jewish audience used to describe smallness. So when he used this word mustard seed, they would have got, he's talking about something small, even if it's not physically the smallest. It represented this. And, and then this tiny seed, it goes, you know, in, in that climate, in that time, it would have go, go, gone on to grow into this tree of like 10, 12 feet. But the important thing here is not to get caught up in the detail of the botany, but actually to focus on the broader meaning of what Jesus is saying in this parable. And my first point is this, the kingdom works through hidden potential. The kingdom works through hidden potential. You see, the man plants this tiny seed in the ground. And then over time, it grows larger than all of the other plants, it says, and it becomes a tree. Inside this small seed is great potential. You know, it's a picture of the kingdom of heaven, of how from seemingly small beginnings, there can, there can be growth and there can be multiplication. You know, this can be seen as a picture of, of a personal journey, you know, a kind deed, a word of encouragement, a prayer spoken, a preach given. All of these can be small seeds, which when planted over time can flourish into a strong relationship with God, can, can be used to grow and advance the kingdom of heaven. Or it could be a, a picture of the church in the broader sense. You know, Jesus and his 12 disciples, they expanded into a hundred or so. And then the Holy Spirit arrives on the scene and we hear that number increases to 5,000. And then from there, the good news of Jesus begins to spread further afield. And, you know, then if you can believe the stats today, Christianity across the world is the largest religion, spanning almost 30% of the world's population. Small beginnings, hidden potential. So you look at, at something small like, I don't know, having a coffee with someone or, or taking the time to listen to someone, giving someone a, a small gift or maybe accepting someone for who they are instead of judging them or trying to change them. You know, these things might seem like just minuscule acts, uh, almost insignificant. They're not groundbreaking in any sense, but from these small beginnings is hidden potential. You know, each and every one of us has potential. God saw it from within us before we were even born. It says we were fearfully and wonderfully made. He set us apart. And so if today you're doubting your self-worth, if you're doubting what value you hold, then I believe that you should listen to this message. Hear what I'm saying. There is hidden potential within you. You know, we don't need to be an extrovert. We don't need to be loud and in your face in order to make a difference in God's kingdom. There's hidden potential, even within the smallest seed that can grow up into this impressive tree. And then a little further on in, in Matthew 
chapter 17, it says, For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. I love that. It's so encouraging that actually with just a small amount of faith, we can do these incredible things. I heard Stephen Furtick preach on this and and he said that Jesus didn't describe the kingdom of heaven as a skyscraper. He didn't describe it as this massive, giant, bold thing. But don't you wish that your faith was like that, as big as a skyscraper? Don't you wish that, you know, you walked around without any doubts, with faith so big and so bold that the stuff that was preached on Sunday was that easy to live out on a Monday? Don't you wish that your faith was that big? I know I absolutely do. But Jesus described the kingdom of heaven as a mustard seed, as this tiny thing, something that the Jews recognised as really, really small. And then it goes on in this verse to say that, you know, that that it's faith. This faith goes on to show the power of the mustard seed. Because you see, the mustard seed is small enough to fit inside our pocket or to sit in the palm of your hand. But when it's planted... When it's planted, it begins to go through this this process. And then as it goes through the process, it grows and it flourishes into a tree that's even inviting for the birds to come and hang out in. You know, if if you're like me, it's probably fair to say that, that our faith is the size of a mustard seed. But that just means we've got trees in our pockets. We've got trees in our pockets or in the the palm of our hand. You see, there's so much potential right here in this small, minuscule amount of faith. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives right inside of us when we accept Jesus into our lives. We've got trees in our pockets. We've got trees in the palms of our hand. Because with just a tiny amount of faith, with this seemingly insignificant amount of faith, Jesus says, we can move mountains. Nothing, nothing will be impossible for us. We've got this hidden potential inside of us. So when Jesus taught that, that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that would grow and would, and would flourish into this tree, he's saying that, that the power of God to do his work can be done through, through whatever instrument he chooses. It can be done through me, it can be done through you, it can be done through insignificant acts. He can use anything in order to grow and flourish the kingdom of God. And do you know what's so so great about that? Because when he uses something minuscule, when he uses something that is seemingly insignificant, do, do we get the glory? Absolutely not. When he uses me to advance the kingdom of heaven, he gets all the glory because I am small and insignificant. He gets all the glory when he uses me, when he uses you to advance 
and grow his kingdom. So we've got this hidden potential inside of us. And I believe that out of that, out of those small, begin- small beginnings, flows kingdom potential. Kingdom potential. You see, this mustard seed, it doesn't just, it doesn't just sprout. It doesn't just grow into a tree, this, this flourishing tree that's taller than all of the other garden plants. This parable tells us that the mustard seed grows into this tree and then attracts the birds of the air. You know, when we allow the potential that's within us to grow and to, to flourish, God begins to do a work in us to, to create something that's attractive, to create something that's attractive. When you grow in faith, when you're, when you're living life in this increasingly intimate relationship with Jesus, then, then that begins to impact how the world sees us. We become attractive. People begin to notice something about us that's different. It's intriguing, it's, it's interesting, and, and actually they, they're drawn to it. They want to be a part of it. They want to be around it. Malcolm is a great example of this. I went out uh, to have coffee with him on Wednesday. Every Wednesday, he's in St. Anne's from about 8 a.m., go down and have a coffee with him. And he sits in St. Anne's outside a cafe. And, and because of who he is and because of his relationship with Jesus, people are drawn to him. He just starts to have conversations with people about life and about Jesus and a crowd gathers. It's truly incredible to see. He is an amazing man of God. You know, people notice something in us as believers in Christ. When we spend time in proximity with Jesus, that rubs off onto us and then we become this thing that is attractive. People want to be around us. People see the church. People see as us as Christians as a safe place, as shelter away from the things of this world that seek to bring us harm. So we should be aiming to become uh, people who, who others feel safe with, who others feel protected and at ease with. You know, the church, the body of Christ, it should feel like home, like people can come and build nests here, settle down. So as we, as we follow this, this principle and this value of loving people, no matter who they are, no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done, then we'll begin to notice this kingdom provision flowing out of us. And that brings me to my third and final point. That out of these, you know, small beginnings, there's hidden potential. And then out of that flows the kingdom provision, which then goes on to produce transforming power. Transforming power. You see, the kingdom of heaven, it says in the second, uh, second parable that we looked at, is like leaven that a woman took and hid inside three measures of flour and it was all leavened. You know, I'm going to share with you today what I believe this parable is talking about, but there's another take on it. And if you want to know what that take is, then join us in Life Group this week and I'll share because it's, it's also covered in the portion of Luke that we're reading this week. Little plug for Life Group, Wednesday, 7.30pm. Drop us a message if you want the link 
to join with us. It'd be great to have you there. But this parable, this second picture of a woman adding yeast to flour to make bread. Now for the keen bakers of of you out there, you'll know that, that the dough needs the yeast in order to rise. But there's a process that it needs to go through. You see, you add this tiny bit of yeast to the flour and what it does is it transforms the dough from something that's hard and dry and unappealing into something that's soft and appealing and tasty to eat. It's this transforming power that's evident and I believe that's what this parable is talking to us about. You know, all throughout Jesus' story, we see the the transforming power of the kingdom at work. You know, he called his disciples out of obscurity, uh, out of the ordinary, into something extraordinary. They went from being fishermen and tax collectors into kingdom carriers. Their lives were completely transformed from that moment, from the small beginnings of the words, follow me. They then moved out of that place of obscurity into this place of being able to do life with Jesus, to to walk with him, to learn from him, to witness the incredible things that he did, and then to partner with him in the miraculous. Jesus transformed the disciples. He, He transformed all of the people in whom he healed, in whom he rose from the dead. You know, he transformed the life of Zacchaeus after a dinner date. He transformed the life of a Roman soldier, even nailed to a cross. His life, his ministry, his purpose on this earth was to bring the transforming power of the kingdom here to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, one of the interesting parallels between uh, this parable and the, the, you know, that picture of yeast in flour and the kingdom in our lives lies in the process. Once again, for you budding bakers out there, you will know that in order to bake bread, there's a process that you need to follow. You know, you add this tiny bit of yeast to some tepid water and you leave it there to activate and, you know, You're gathering this this culinary masterclass this morning. I hope you're making notes. And so you take this this jug of of yeast and water and then you pour it into the flour and you begin to slowly mix it together. And then as it begins to come together, then you need to roll up your sleeves and get your hands in there. I love Jamie Oliver and one of his recipes, one of his descriptions, it says you need to get stuck in. You need to use some elbow grease to to push and to fold and to slap and to roll this dough around and around and over and over again. So if we're applying this, this process, this metaphor to a process that we found in our lives, it doesn't sound particularly appealing, does it? I don't know, it sounds pretty painful to me, pretty uncomfortable. But then other recipes, they they call for you to to tear the dough apart and then bring it back together and then repeat that process over and over again, stretching and pulling and breaking and mending this dough. 
This process is uncomfortable. It's, it, it happens over time, but then what happens as we see throughout the process is that it begins to produce strength. And then what do you do with that dough once you've worked it? <clears throat> you leave it to wait. You just put it there to rest. And in the waiting, it produces growth and multiplication because what you see is that over time after the dough has been worked and stretched and broken in the waiting period it doubles in size and then what do you do you repeat the process of beating out the air and then you wait some more you wait some more and it grows again i'm not going to drag this metaphor on any longer but what you're seeing here is the incredible uh, picture of a process that that may be uncomfortable it may seem painful at times but but out of that produces something incredible and that is the transforming power of the kingdom with just a little bit of faith with just a little bit of grace with just a little bit of hope or love we can see exponential growth in the kingdom the kingdom power that that can transform lives that can see the broken made whole that can see the lonely placed into a family that can see the rejected accepted for who they are that can see the unloved love that can see the the hurting made well that can see hope for the hopeless that's the transforming power of the kingdom that lives within us as as believers if only we would go through the process and allow it to work in our lives so i want to encourage you today that if you're if you're on this journey of faith like i am but but maybe it feels uncomfortable for you right now Maybe it feels like you're being stretched or even broken throughout this season of your life. Or maybe you're in a season of waiting. What I want to encourage you with today is don't give up. Don't give up because on the other side of this process is hope, is growth, is strength. It's a process that we all go through and not just once, time and time again. But God uses that process to, to grow us and to allow the transforming power of the kingdom of God to make us into the men and women that he's calling us to be. Small beginnings can produce an incredible outcome. There is no doubt about it. There's hidden potential inside each and every one of us because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We all have passion and purpose and as we as we recognize that and we allow god to work in us it will produce out of us this kingdom provision that that draws people in that attracts people to us and and makes them want to know about the good news of jesus because of the difference that they see in our lives and then and then out of that we can allow the transforming power of god to work in us and work through us and then let's see what happens when the kingdom of heaven comes to earth why don't we pray 
Father God, we thank you so much for your presence in our lives. We thank you that you are always with us, that you are always talking to us, that you are always loving us and looking out for us. And we just pray that you will draw near to us, that we will feel and sense your presence in our lives as we go uh, away from hearing this message and into the grind of daily life. I thank you that you've placed within us this hidden potential. I thank you that each and every one of us was put here for a reason, that we are here for such a time as this, that you have given us passion and purpose in our lives, that hidden potential that even when we plant the smallest of seeds, we can grow and flourish into something that you can use, that out of us can, can be created this kingdom potential that, that draws people to us. And I pray that as we live our lives in partnership with you, that you will draw people to us, that you will, you will attract people to the thing that's inside of us, that is your Holy Spirit at work in us. And we can have the, the freedom and the opportunity to share the good news of the gospel with those around us. And God, we thank you. Even though at times it's painful and uncomfortable, we thank you for the transforming power of the kingdom of God at work within us. I pray that you will help us through the power of your Holy Spirit to go through this process, to not grow tired, to not grow weary, to not give up, but to stand firm and to stand strong, believing that as we go through this process, as we come out of the other side of this season, as we, as we get past the other side of this season of waiting or of stretching or of brokenness, that you, can, that you will create us into the men and women of God, that you will do a work within us that helps us to be stronger, that helps us to be bolder, that helps us to have even greater faith than this. And so we thank you for the work that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.